Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. Rock and roll. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Inside the Gamecocks podcast, J.C. Sherbert here with you. It is Prediction Wednesday, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Gamecocks uh, kick off tomorrow morning, 11.30 a.m. Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl, Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina Tar Heels versus South Carolina Gamecocks. That's uh, uh, a good matchup, a uh, good battle there. Uh, first time Carolina's played North Carolina in a bowl game. First time they played the Tar Heels since 2019. Uh, this will be uh, a series. This will be the second game in Charlotte out of kind of three. Uh, of course, this one was a, a bowl trip and not on the schedule, but the Gamecocks play the Tar Heels again in 2023 at Bank of America. And of course, I mentioned the 2019. And then I think in the end of the decade, <clears throat> the Gamecocks have a home-at-home scheduled with the Tar Heels, Chapel Hill and Columbia so for those of you that want to get it out of Charlotte and and, and play home and home, that's uh, that's coming down. And uh, I was actually at the game in Chapel Hill in 07, uh, kind of an infamous ball game there. If you guys uh, haven't read, uh, Corey Diaz from the Greenville News had a nice piece where he interviewed Chris Smelly about that game. If you guys remember, the Gamecocks were up 21-3 at half. Survived TJ Yates and North Carolina firing at the end zone at the end of the game. Uh, and then the Gamecocks did not win another game that year. And there's always been talk about something happening in the locker room uh, at halftime of that one because the next week the Gamecocks went and got upset by Vandy. Uh, Smelly sort of alluded to that in the article a little bit. Uh, didn't really get into many details, just said there was kind of a toxic environment in there. And uh, I don't know about you guys, I didn't know Chris Smelly had. Uh, all those shoulder issues uh, during the time he was playing. I, I think I remember some of it, but uh, I didn't know it was affecting him in 07, like uh, like he was talking about. And certainly he went on and played in 08 as well. Uh, but Chris Melly uh, was the quarterback that day uh, up there in Chapel Hill. Uh, South Carolina has won six out of the last eight meetings. North Carolina won the last meeting in Charlotte 24-20. to 20. 
They lead the overall series, I think, 35-19-2. Most of those wins were before the 50s. Uh, if you look back, uh, Gamecocks have actually done pretty well against North Carolina uh, in the series since. I think uh, when they restarted it during the Morrison era, this is actually – it's funny because Mac Brown's first game at North Carolina the first time was in 88 in Columbia. They lost 31-10 to 10 to South Carolina. His first game the second time was that game in Charlotte two years ago. And so Mac Brown faces the Gamecocks yet again. Um, during the, uh, the 88 season, uh, the Gamecocks uh, won that one, like I said, 89. It was the only game the Gamecocks won with Dickie DeMazey at quarterback uh, up at Chapel Hill. Then in 90, uh, Carolina won, I think, 27-5. to five, uh, And then lost a close one in Chapel Hill in 91. And the series picked back, back up in 07. Gamecocks won in 07. Gamecocks won in 13. Gamecocks won in 15. Uh, probably shouldn't have won that one, uh, but uh, won it. Sky Moore kind of uh, saved the day that game, uh, 17-13 in the opener uh, against the Tar Heels. North Carolina ended up winning the, I believe they won the the Atlanta or the Coastal Division of the ACC that year. Played Clemson uh, for the conference title. Uh, ended up going to the uh, what, what's the Cheez-It Bowl now? The bowl Clemson's in. I think it was Tangerine or whatever. Lost to. Art Browse and Baylor that year. I think that was Fedora's best team, 10 and 4. Marquise Williams at quarterback. Um, you know, so so it's been a series where South Carolina has gotten the best of UNC uh and Mac Brown over the years, but uh this is a different setup this time. The Gamecocks are about 10-point underdogs, uh, opt-outs, positive COVID starters missing. Uh it, it it's not going to be a full um, deck of cards that the Gamecocks are playing with uh, tomorrow morning. That said, it's a bowl game. Uh, I've been watching a lot of bowl games this uh, uh, this this bowl season so far, and there's been uh, really a, a theme of like who wants to be there the most the, the, as far as the, the teams that have been successful. I mean, I'm not saying Auburn didn't want to be in Birmingham yesterday. But, you know, Houston obviously was, was the more fired-up team to be there. Texas Tech, Mississippi State, uh, last night, uh, an amazing uh, collapse by the Bulldogs at the Liberty Bowl, losing to Texas Tech 34-7. Texas Tech's defense played really, really well, surprisingly enough. And that one, uh, they just looked like they wanted it more, you know, and, and interim coaching staff at Tech and – you know, going up against the, the Pirate, uh, they looked like they wanted it more. Air Force and Louisville yesterday kind of was the same way. Uh, so, I don't know. You know, a, a lot of the times the, the bowl game outcome depends on, hey, who wants to be there, who's taking it seriously, who's playing, uh, that kind of thing. It does look like the Gamecocks and Tar Heels both have been having a lot of fun in Charlotte uh, as much as they can. Um, some of the events were canceled because of the COVID situation, but uh, they got to go to the Charlotte Motor Speedway. But like, they're having a blast uh, and all that good stuff. So, you know, the game is on, too, by the way. Shane Beamer said earlier today they had some positives, but it's nothing that's going to keep them from playing the football game. Uh, and I will say last night, if you look at my reporting on the thebigspur.com, it was a little touch and go. Uh, but then, you know, I, I got the I got to the source on it. And uh, – 
uh, a good source, and uh, finally found the game's on. So, and the Beamer confirmed that today. So it's on. Uh, I don't know what will happen <laughs> tomorrow, but we're going to try to break it down as good as possible. Uh, and as always, our prediction segments or episodes are brought to you by uh, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. Uh, Cindy has been in the upstate uh, doing real estate for over 35 years. Uh, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, uh, Oconee, Pickens, Greenwood, wherever you want. Cindy can help you. She's in my hometown of Spartanburg. That's where she's based, Daniel Morgan Avenue, right there in Spartanburg, 864-414-5271. Or you can email her, ccearfoss at cbcane.com. That's C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane, C-B-C-A-I-N-E dot com. And uh, she'll be glad to help you out. Uh, that 864-414-5271 number is herself. Uh, and Cindy is a really big supporter of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, and we certainly appreciate her as we do Heritage Digital and also uh, iHealth Consulting. And we'll have some mailbag questions here in a little bit uh, to kind of uh, tip it off. Won't be a terribly long pod today because I've got to go on with Keith here on Locked on the Gamecocks for the bowl preview or what. Um, and we'll see kind of kind of what happens. And Pastor of Mayo <laughs> said, uh, you know, prediction pod is going to be whether the game will be played, not the outcome. And uh, no, it's uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be played uh, unless something something you know crazy happens. So that that's the deal there. And, and you know, unlike the Holiday Bowl, which I thought was unfortunate uh, to pull out you know, of a game, uh, you know, like in uh, four hours before, uh, I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of that. But I understand we're, we're in kind of crazy times right now uh, with COVID. Uh, South Carolina basketball was scheduled to play tonight against SC State, and they did not uh, – they are not playing that. It's going to be postponed. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I hope – it is my hope that uh, – you know uh, the playoff bowls don't get uh, don't get a little crazy and sideways, and you know somebody has to forfeit or something like that. That would be, I, I think, unfortunate. Um, you know to have happen, and uh, as, as many crazy ways in college football as we've crowned champions over the years, uh, I think that would be not the way that anybody would want that to go down. Um, all right, so the Gamecocks and Tar Heels. I, you know, it, it, it's very, very simple uh, with this football team at South Carolina this year. If you can run the ball successfully, you can stay in games if you're the Gamecocks. If you can't, uh, you struggle. And that's, uh, that's just kind of how it goes uh, with, with this team this year. You know, the close games against the lesser opponents – uh, all have a common denominator with the bad losses that the Gamecocks just could not get the run game going. Uh, and, and that's going to be important. Now, North Carolina is not super duper uh, stopping the run. <laughs> they have not been all year. I, I think this defense is a talented defense at North Carolina. Uh, I think that a, a lot of the expectation coming into this year was that a lot of their young players <clears throat> would be uh, – you know, living up to their recruiting ranking early, which is fine. You know, that's uh that's uh that's a reasonable expectation, but sometimes you're a year away. And I look and I look at their defensive line. I honestly, if I were a North Carolina guy, I would I'd be pounding on the table for them to 
uh, switch to a four three uh, because you have that kind of talent on the defensive front and you have access to that kind of talent uh, in North Carolina and D line heaven and all that, but they don't um, a, a really uh, aggressive defense that that'll come at you from all kinds of directions. But uh, a lot of times with these types of defenses, like Todd Grantham's defense against Florida, with Florida, you can run right at them and uh you could have some plays uh, in the run game develop. And keep in mind, you know, we know Zaquandre White's out. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd's been sort of limited in practice this week. I would say he's a question mark. But you still got Kevin Harris. Juju McDowell is healthy and ready to go. And then Rashad Amos to, uh, you know, uh, Rashad Amos, who, who redshirted sort of this year and played on the scout team. Uh, curious to see if he gets a look uh, on uh, when we head to uh, – into the game tomorrow. You know, keep in mind, Amos looked good as a true freshman at times last year down the stretch when he got carries. He's six foot two, he's 224 pounds. You know, I'm, I'm not saying he's a big secret weapon or anything. I don't even know if he'll play, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got in. I wouldn't be surprised too to see some wrinkles in the run game. Uh, what, what exactly that is, I'm probably not at liberty to speculate on or uh, even know. But uh, I think um, I think that uh, you know when you look at it, um, you know that they've had a month to kind of get ready, and, and so there may be some elements of surprise that the Gamecocks, uh, you know, spring on the Tar Heels. Uh, you know, and look, I, I understand this. You know, let, let's be realistic here. If South Carolina was at full strength. Uh, I would say there's absolutely no reason why Gamecock fans uh, should sit here and go, oh, it's an automatic loss, <laughs> um, even with the offense like it is. Because, uh, you know, bottom line is North Carolina has a lot of talent and they've recruited well and they have good coaches, but they're six and 6-6 six football team this year and they were preseason top ten. And there's a reason why they did not uh, meet their expectations that they had this season. So, uh, you know, and, and a lot of it's because of their defense. And a lot of it, too, is because of, um, you know, their passing game. They have they have one guy, that Josh Downs, that's a big-time target. The next pass he catches, he'll have triple-digit catches this year. So he's a big guy. But, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a big guy for them on the team. Sam Howell, of course, is a special, special player. Uh, but the, the Gamecocks defensively can match up with them, I think. Um you know, uh, there's some talk about a starter in the defensive backfield maybe being down or whatever, you know, and, and if it like, – like, let's say, for example, it's Cam Smith. Well, Marcellus Dial is going to have to play. Darius Rush is going to have to play, and they're going to have to put in some of the younger guys. But it, it, there's no reason why, you know – I mean, that, that hurts, obviously, but, but there's no reason why South Carolina can't compete uh, to a certain extent in, in this football game. I think that – you know, they're going to have to have some help from North Carolina, obviously. Uh, if North Carolina goes out there and plays its best game of the year on both sides of the ball, uh, there's there's little chance uh, of victory. <laughs> and uh, But I think that, you know, bowl games, you know, sometimes you don't get their best shot. Sometimes neither team wants to be there. So, look, I, I think that um, – I think that uh, it, it's a game where I would encourage you guys just to relax and enjoy – uh, it's gonna, it always sucks to lose and, and it's always great to win. Uh, and like I said, there's no, there's no, nothing that says Carolina can't go out there and, 
and play one of its best games uh, and win the game. Uh, but, you know, after all the, the week of speculation about the game not being played and other bowl games being canceled, uh, you know, just be I, – I, I look at it like this. I'm thankful that there's a, another day of Gamecock football. <laughs> uh, I'm thankful that a lot of these young players on the team uh, will have another game to go out there and, and, and get better, you know, and, and, and I think that that's, uh, that, that's kind of the, the Zen approach that I would take if I were you guys and, and don't get all upset, you know, about the outcome of this, because it's obviously uh, a, a different type of situation, uh, you know, in terms of the opt outs and, and, and then the, the COVID uh, guys being out and lots of stuff like that. So, um, all right. So that's, that's the deal there uh, with South Carolina uh, and North Carolina, you know, key to the game, obviously run the ball, uh, South Carolina's run defense has to at least slow them down because um, in this offense of, of Phil Longo's, you know, it gets going, they'll get running and running and running, and then, you know, that opens things up downfield for them. They'll run, run, run all over you, and then they'll, they'll try to hit you with passes and, you know, hit you out the backfield. And, and then Howell is, you know, a magician, uh, so you got to keep him in the pocket. But if you can slow the run game and, force them into kind of a drop-back throw game. Uh, I think Gamecocks could have uh, a successful day defensively. Will it be enough? I don't know. I don't know. So, um, I know a lot of Gamecock fans are heading to Charlotte. Um, it, it's kind of been interesting. I, 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 the, the fan base did not react. as ne- They reacted pretty – some reacted negatively when the, the announcement for the bowl came out. But, you know, a lot of people I've talked to are fired up and going – uh, and they were they were going to be more upset if it got canceled. <laughs> so um, that's the thing there. Um, you know, South Carolina obviously, you know, has a six-game ACC losing streak, and that needs to change. Uh, even if it doesn't this year, you know, there's, there's going to be opportunities uh, to change it, but that needs to change in a hurry, so it would be nice. That, a win would mean a lot for the Gamecocks uh, in sort of a – what I call a uh, – a microscopic way rather than a macroscopic way. I think that uh, you're talking about small victories. You know, you win this one, hey, the ACC losing streak's over. Uh, You win this one, hey, you know, you got a two-game win streak now against North Carolina schools, and and that snapped in 2019. It had been since 1999 uh, when the Gamecocks had lost to a team from North Carolina. So, you know, you've got a chance to kind of – a chance to beat – um, you know, for some older Gamecocks, uh, North Carolina was uh, just as big of a deal as Clemson back when the Gamecocks were in the ACC. I mean, this is this is not a school that traditionally uh, University of South Carolina uh, fans and athletes and all that is not a school that they are buddy buddy with. <laughs> Those old ACC rivalries were. Uh, they were intense, you know, were pretty intense back then. So, you know, not sure it'll be as intense now. Uh, you know, I know a, a lot of Tar Heel fans just from hanging out with them out in the, at the Final Four a few years ago. They don't, you know, South Carolina didn't really register. They, they were pulling for the Gamecocks against Gonzaga, by the way. Um, but that's their basketball fans. I'm sure in football because of, you know, the recruiting aspect of it and all that that, uh, you know, that their football fans probably dislike South Carolina a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's big for the Gamecocks. It's big for the Gamecocks to go up there and, 
and play well. You know, Carolina's three and two at Bank of America Stadium all time. They have a two-game losing streak. Uh, ironically, both to ACC coastal schools. <laughs> uh, after beating East Carolina, North Carolina, and NC State, their first three games in that stadium. So, uh, you know, Bank of America right there uh, in Charlotte. It's kind of a battleground. You know, it'd be nice if the Gamecocks could snap that. I don't know that they will. Uh, Ty Chandler, North Carolina's running back. It's going to be important to bottle him up. You know, he was at Tennessee previously. Uh, is had some games against the Gamecocks in the past. Uh, you know, they have uh, another one, I think British Brown is his name, British Brooks. Um, their backup back is pretty good. Um, really solid uh, offense. And, and so it's going to be a challenge uh, for South Carolina, uh, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm just curious to see uh, offensively, you know, defensively, I sort of know what the Gamecocks need to do. It's obviously – you know, stop Sam Howell, uh, keep them from running the ball, force some turnovers, that kind of thing. Offensively, I'm, I'm curious to see what the game guys do to attack uh, the North Carolina defense, which, you know, their defense is not a run defense, I think, in the 90s uh, nationally. Uh, Georgia Tech ran all over them. I mean, they've, they've given up some yards. So uh, it could be one of those games where Kevin Harris gets going and the Gamecock run game gets going, and, you know, it, it ends up being a pretty good one. Um, you know, we will see. I, I do think the Gamecocks will miss Jason Brown at quarterback in terms of uh, his ability to escape pressure. Uh, Zeb Nolan probably is going to be the starter. Uh, not the most mobile guy in the world. Uh, but uh, I think Zeb can be effective if, if they can protect him. But that's the, that's the key. And, you know, with this defense at North, with North Carolina, they do gamble. They do send pressure from different spots. So that's got to be a, a big concern uh, for South Carolina from a protection standpoint, pre-snap, that kind of thing. Uh, and so Zeb's going to have to get them in the right play, um, and, and we'll see what happens. So, um, all right, so prediction time. Again, Cindy Searfalls, Cole Woldbanker Kane uh, sponsors this. Uh, you, you, you know, it's as a 10 point favorite with a, a 10 point underdog with a lot of opt outs. Uh, and North Carolina has not had that. Uh, and not just, I, I keep saying opt outs, opt out, COVID injuries, that kind of thing. You know, you, you, it's just hard to pick the Gamecocks, uh, in that situation. Um, that said, uh, I don't think the game is going to be, in my opinion, I don't think the game, uh, is going to be a uh, a blowout. Uh, I think South Carolina will find a way to make some things happen on either side of the ball, and it'll be a competitive football game. Uh, but I'm going to go with North Carolina 27, South Carolina 17. Uh, you know, and there'll be some good moments for Carolina. There'll be some good moments for Carolina, uh, South Carolina in the in the ball game. Uh, I just think that uh, at the end, Sam Howell probably his last game at North Carolina. I mean. You know, that guy, when his back is against the wall, you know, there, there's not many better in college football. Uh, I've watched games with him before. Notre Dame game uh, this year. I watched every, almost every play of it. I mean, they're down 10. They can't stop Notre Dame. Their defense can't. Uh, but they're just out there. Howell's just out there battling and battling and battling and battling. I mean, they blew a lead to NC State. And he has them down, like, I think the 40 at the end of the game, uh, trying to come back and win. I mean, this guy is special. Uh, and, and so I think he gives North Carolina – that's the X factor for them. I think he gives them a huge advantage. 
uh, as far as, uh, you know, as far as the, the ball game goes. Now, now we'll see obviously what happens. Uh, you know, that's why they play the games. Uh, they don't, um, they don't, uh, they, they don't just roll it out and say, Hey, you know, you, you don't have players or, you know, these guys are, you know, more talented than, I mean, you know, there's a reason you play. And, and I've seen too many bowl games this year that have gone so far in the complete opposite direction of all common sense <laughs> uh, to say that, you know, there's no shot, but I do, you know, you, you, these predictions I make, you know, you, you got to kind of uh, say what you want. And uh, I did pick Carolina to beat Clemson this year, uh, but I, I did that. And I, I think I told you guys, uh, I, I don't know when, you know, there'll be the next opportunity where you can realistically do that. So that's a uh, Clemson plays later today, by the way, Iowa state down in the, uh, uh, the cheese at bowl, uh, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, and those of you that are online, please, please check out the Dabo Sweeney orange jumpsuit. He wore to the, the press conference, uh, by the way, RIP to a legend, uh, John Madden passed away yesterday at 85. Uh, kind of felt that Madden was in bad health because you, you just haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, and, and you know, that's sad. Uh, he's a legend, an icon. Uh, girlfriend and I, uh, yesterday after the news hit, we, we sat there and you know, started talking about, like, different announcers. And she, she's a White Sox fan, and she brought up the name Hulk Harrelson, uh, uh, who's the White, the White Sox announcer. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Hulk Harrelson – was born in uh, Woodruff, South Carolina. So how about that? <laughs> uh, Spartanburg County, you know, uh, but they moved to Savannah when he was in fifth grade. So, uh, and then he ended up um, having a career as a, as a player and then the White Sox broadcast or whatever, you know, we got, we, we dug up some old Larry Munson and Bob Fulton and, all those guys too. So that's um, that's uh, that was a nice moment, you know, after the passing of, of John Madden yesterday. A nice moment. I just hit the microphone. I hope that didn't cause a big boom for you guys. I'm still working this thing out here, right? Uh, all right. So now it's time for the I Help Consulting mailbag, uh, and I Help Consulting, uh, as we all know, uh, is Daniel Owens. Big, big, huge Gamecock fan. Uh, and here's what he does. He saves businesses money. Uh, he goes in, evaluates what you're doing, goes through your expenses and says, paying too much for this, not too much for this, but without sacrificing quality. Uh, average savings is 2000 annually, but he recently saved a customer more than 48 grand. Another one for 25 grand. Uh, that's huge. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it's one of those things that uh, if you're a business owner, uh, I think you definitely, definitely have to get on board with iHelp Consulting. That's iHelpConsulting.com. Uh, and uh, Daniel Owen's number is 843-372-5713. Again, iHelpConsulting.com. Uh, free consultation. Uh, and if he can't save your business any money, you don't pay him anything. And uh, how Daniel gets paid and iHelp Consulting gets paid is it's just a percentage of your first year savings. Uh, so, you're not out any money, you know. I mean, if he if he can't save you money, there's no cost. So it makes sense to give Daniel a call, 843-372-5713, uh, the sponsor of the iHelp Consulting Mailbag. Now, there's two ways to get in the mailbag. 
First way is to tweet. And Pastor of Mayo <laughs> said, uh, he, he, it's at the Big Spur Pod, by the way. Pastor of Mayo says, prediction pod today is going to be whether or not the game will be played, not the outcome. And like I said, Beamer, Beamer recently got on board with that and, and said, uh, no, nah, they're playing. There were some positives, uh, kind of a dicey deal. But um, right now, uh, everything seems, you know, just fine. <laughs> uh, you know, after after what happened with UCLA yesterday, I, you know, you just never say never. But, uh, uh, you know, UCLA and San Diego, probably a different story than – you know, uh, Charlotte and the Gamecocks, I would guess, you know, in terms of maybe some protocols out there or something like that. Uh, the Holiday Bowl, though, NC State traveled all the way across the country to play uh, UCLA, uh, and, and they had a chance to win 10 games this year for the first time in a while. Um, and I'll say this. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's good of the holiday bowl to present them with the trophy and say that UCLA had to forfeit. Uh, so they do get officially those 10 wins. Uh, Cause traveling all the way across the country, man, come on, come on, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, I love San Diego. It's, it's a beautiful place. So there's worse places. I mean, if they'd have gone to Boise or someplace like that, maybe not so good, but uh, you know, that's uh, as tough. If you're a Wolfpack fan, you know, heart goes out to them. Uh, but they did get that uh, that win today. But after that, you know, uh, and I'm reading right now, Mac Brown says um, he's not supposed to talk about po- uh, COVIDs, but very minimal to none positive COVID test right now. They're in good shape. So I don't, you know, unless unless some players get sick, you know, and, and start showing symptoms, you know, that that they won't test again. So so we'll see sort of. Uh, sort of what happens. So, all right, time for the mailbag, like I said. And uh, that one from Pastor of Mayo <laughs> was the uh, only one on Twitter, so we got this. Uh, Brian emails in, and it's inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. That's the, that's the, the podcast inbox. If you are uh, willing to email in, and we appreciate Brian coming in. Hey, JC, Brian here. Love the show and appreciate you. couple of questions. First, I haven't heard much about this, but where do you think Foster gets drafted? Jalen Foster. I, you know, late rounds may, I mean, so much for him is going to depend on the combine. Uh, if he puts up good numbers in the combine, I mean, with, with his ability on the field and the film, he, the, the stuff he put on film this season, uh, the ball hawking, the reaction, the, the playing the run, um, you're talking about a damn good safety. Uh, you know, as long as he tests well, uh, at the at the combine, I, you know, maybe fourth to seventh round. Uh, I think you know he's the obviously the next DB for South Carolina to get drafted. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised if he wasn't drafted unless again those combine numbers are bad. But fourth to seventh round, that's my guess. Uh, and and you know he could end up going higher. I mean, Ernest Jones a few years ago, I didn't expect him to go in round three. Uh, he did, and he's balling for the Rams right now, man. <laughs> Ernest Jones, heck of a linebacker. Uh, and I think this situation is similar because South Carolina, if you think about it, uh, you know, Sky Moore was not drafted. T.J. Brunson was drafted really late. Uh, and then Ernest went in round three. You know, same kind of thing at safety. You don't 
the impacts haven't had a like a bunch of safeties come through. I mean, Izzy McQuamu obviously is a safety, but wasn't at South Carolina. Uh, so it's kind of like that, you know, that Foster could be the the first safety in a while to to be drafted pretty high uh, for the Gamecocks. So that's my take there. And then secondly, a lot of people are talking about the quarterback battle next year. Uh, personally, I think I have a better chance of growing a second head off my shoulder than Luke beating out Rattler. No offense, seems like a great guy, but what are your thoughts on the situation? Uh, you know, Luke's gonna Luke Doty's gonna go compete. I think when he gets healthy, Colton's gonna compete. Uh, Tanner Bailey and Braden Davis are gonna compete. But uh, I, I tend to agree that the reason you sign Spencer Rattler is for him to come in and start. And, and, and what I call it is, I think South Carolina in the quarterback room needs a year of stabilization. Uh, you, you know, because you, you think about it, uh, 20, 2019, okay, what happened? Um, Bentley gets hurt, so Holinsky has to come in and start. Holinsky's the presumed starter. The next year is COVID. Bobo comes in. Colin Hill comes in. Holinsky does not do what he needs to do to win the job or be the quarterback, so he gets beat out. Colin Hill's there. Uh, Helensky goes in the portal after the season. Luke Doty thrown in there for two and a half games. All right, so then this year happens, and you got Jason Brown in, and, and you got uh, you got Zeb Nolan who got activated <laughs> um, after Doty got hurt, and Doty you know had a fractured foot, and so Doty comes in against Georgia. I thought he battled his butt off for most of the year, but in that Vandy game, you could see it kind of kind of fall apart. And it also wasn't like they were going up and down the field. I, I don't, you know, we've gotten into what I think the problem was with the offense and what I heard the problem was with the offense and all that. But the bottom line was Doty, you know, playing on that foot like that, you know, he, he was a little bit off. And he needs a year, in my opinion, to where, yes, he competes for the job. And, yes, there's always that chance they can – one can beat the other out surprisingly. Um. But I think the best thing for Luke Doty right now would be to go through a year where he's the backup, who keeps developing, uh, and then the next year he, he's ready to go. Uh, you know, I, I think there needs to be a period of stability uh, with that room. Um, and they've got, you know, Rattler coming in, two other young quarterbacks, plus Colton, plus Luke. Uh, that that room, you know, could, needs to go through a year where there's just like, everybody's healthy, everybody's working, um, everybody's getting better, there's stability, you know, you, you're not, it's not a revolving door, you're not activating grad assistance, that kind of thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, I tend to agree that Spencer Rattler, you could probably pencil him in as the starter, you know, for next season. And just for stability's sake, sake I mean, I, he's a veteran guy, you know. Uh, I, I just think that Rattler's addition not only – it gives the Gamecocks a very talented quarterback for next year, but it also gives them the opportunity for the other quarterbacks to develop. You know, you don't have to throw Tanner Bailey in the fire next year, hopefully. You know, you say hopefully because you just you never know with injuries and stuff uh, or snake-bitten snake types of situations. So, uh, yeah, I tend to agree with you. And thank you, my friend, for that, Brian. Uh, no, hey JC, hope you had a good birthday. I did. It was wonderful, wonderful birthday. What mismatches can the Gamecocks take advantage of on Thursday, and which mis- mismatches will the Tar Heels try to take advantage of? Well, I think obviously when you look at it for the Heels, you know what they're going to try to do. I think is is heat 
whoever the Zeb Nolan heat him up, uh, pressure, pressure, pressure. That's that, that defense is designed to bring pressure from different spots, um, to confuse the quarterback or whoever. I mean, it's a, it's a deal where, you know, is it as tough to, to play quarterback against as like Cincinnati's defense this year? I was watching, uh, some, some, an ESPN, I guess it was halftime yesterday or something on that. Good Lord. I'd hate to have to be a quarterback facing that thing, uh, you know, because they've got that down to a science. But uh, I would think that the Tar Heels would try to take advantage of an offensive line that has underperformed all season. Uh, if you're the Gamecocks, uh, I think, you know, you obviously look at North Carolina's run defense and can you be more physical than North Carolina on both lines of scrimmage? I, I don't know that UNC is a particularly physical team. Uh, I think that – they are a, a very fast team, a very athletic team. Uh, they're a good team, but are they, you know, are they extremely physical? And have they played anybody this year that that really tried to to bully them? I don't know, NC State maybe. I don't know. So uh, those are the mismatches the game costs to take advantage of there. But uh, it, it's it's going to be difficult. I mean, with the players out, Noah. But um, you know, those are the two things I see off the top of my head. And as always, I appreciate the question. Dre. <laughs> Dre says, hey, JC, happy to hear Christmas is no longer a drinking holiday for you. Uh, as expensive as it's become for me, I want to drink at times. <laughs> Anyhow, I wanted to ask you what you think will happen with future schedules in the SEC when we get our new members, specifically for us like the Virginia Tech game, the home and home with Miami. Are those going to be grandfathered in or will some of them not be played? I don't – you know, the answer to that, you know – it's going to depend on a lot. Uh, number one, and I think if you're looking for a silver lining um, in what may happen, uh, I, I think that the chances of Texas A&M being an annual opponent for the Gamecocks moving forward will be slim. And that's good because they just signed the number one recruiting class in the country. And, you know, eventually A&M is just going to have too much talent. You know, for and the Gamecocks don't really compete well with them anyway. Uh, but you know, are they going to go to pods? Are they going to go to nine conference games? That type of thing. I'll say this the Virginia Tech game in Atlanta, it would be shocking if that was somehow off. Uh, you know, uh, that's uh, that's the Chick fil A kickoff. That's something the Gamecocks have been trying to get in for years and never gotten in. It's Beamer. Hopefully, you know, he's still the coach in 2025. Uh, I think he will be. Uh, right now, it's Beamer versus his old school. Um, it's a game that, you know, Virginia Tech and South Carolina probably should play more often and uh, all that. Now, the Miami home and home, uh, you know, that kind of the, the home and homes moving forward, I, I don't know. I think a lot will depend on kind of what's the, what's the appetite at other SEC programs because uh, you look down the down the road, Alabama and Georgia have just both flooded their schedule with uh, their non-conference schedule with big-time opponents, uh, and that's kind of been a trend when you're talking about future scheduling. I think people are eyeing the 12-team playoff expansion and thinking, "Hey, you know, we need to beef up our schedule to make sure we get in." Uh, all that good stuff. So, you know, I, I think a lo- it will largely depend on what South Carolina does in terms of. You know what's the what's the idea here? What, what are the other SEC schools doing that you know 
<clears throat> that schedule like South Carolina does. And uh, for all the angst and consternation over having to go to East Carolina this year, you know, that App State game in the 2030s up in Boone that's scheduled, uh, South Carolina does not go on the road to play group of five schools as often as uh, a lot of its brethren, Arkansas, um, Missouri, Mississippi State, uh, Ole Miss has a has a Ole Miss is playing a road game at Charlotte <laughs> coming up. Uh, the Gamecocks sort of go with you know two a group of five or an FCS or, or whatever, and then Clemson and then one other game. You know it's kind of what Spurrier wanted to do. You know he's like well, I like to I play Clemson and then I play another team. You know that's pretty good, probably from the ACC. Uh, or they play East Carolina or Navy or somebody like that. Uh, and then you got two, two cup, you know, one double A usually at FCS in state. Uh, and then, you know, uh, somebody from the group of five, Florida Atlantic, whoever. And so, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to probably try to follow that. Um, the question becomes if you go to non conference games, what, what, what are you cutting out? You know, which one are you cutting out? Yeah, do you cut out the two easy wins? I don't know, you know, and that that's just going to be something that you know has to be discussed. You know, and I'm not convinced totally they're going to go to nine. Uh, people think that and speculate about that because of the extra teams and the TV money, and, and you know, and I, I think probably gun to my head, I think it'll happen. But you know, SEC, ACC sort of go their own way when it when it comes to uh, scheduling games. Um, and, and keeping it at eight. I mean, the ACC really has no reason to do that, but uh, the SEC certainly does. They got a good argument with that. Although the conference is face planted so far in bowl games. I mean, you know, gosh, Florida lost to UCF, uh, Auburn lost to Houston, Mississippi State gets bludgeoned by Texas Tech. Whoo, shoe buddy. Uh, it's not been pretty for the Southeastern Conference and bowl games this year, but that's fine. That's fine. You know, as for Christmas no longer being a drinking holiday, yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where, I mean, I, when I was a kid growing up, I never, you know, sorry, let me back up. When I was a young person, uh, illegally, you know, in my 20s or whatever, I didn't I didn't really drink on Christmas. I'd, I'd probably go get a drink on my birthday the day after. Uh, for some reason, the last three or four years, I mean, it's probably part of it was pandemic and part of it was being uh, kind of uh, in Chicago a lot where, you know, down south, we, we may call, uh, you know, what we call a, a wedding reception that got out of control, they call Friday night <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, but yeah, I, I was just glad that, you know, this year, you know, was relaxing and, and stuff like that. And you know, no longer a drinking holiday for now. New Year's certainly is, though, so it's coming up soon. Uh, but anyway, thanks for your email, Dre. I really appreciate you uh, and everybody that emails in to the iHelp Consulting Mailbag. All right, that's Prediction Wednesday on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. A uh, little short. Um, don't know that we'll have another episode this week. Uh, next week schedule is going to start changing with the podcast and it's going to be probably a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday deal, uh, maybe more. Uh, and then we have some quick hitting, uh, type of things with recruiting, uh, and stuff like that. So you won't want to miss that. Uh, you know, go hit that subscribe button, uh, on iTunes, uh, Apple pods. 
If you haven't, it won't cost you a dime. It'll send you a nice little notification every time there's a new episode. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Happy New Year to all you Gamecocks uh, out there. Uh, And may 2022 be better than 2020 and 2021. (laughs) Uh, And look, it's it's been – 2021's not been a bad year for me. Uh, You know, 2020 was kind of bad for all of us. So uh, I'm not complaining, but uh, I have big plans uh, in 2022, both from a personal standpoint and professionally. uh, And hopefully uh, all those come to fruition. And hopefully Frank Martin's team does not have a swath of games canceled like they did last year. uh, Because I think that's bad, you know, for his style of basketball to, you know, you got to really start, you got to play, you know. Uh, and hopefully it's a good baseball season and all that. But we're going to talk about all that moving forward. Obviously, uh, you got a second signing day coming up. This recruiting class isn't complete. Uh, and then you never know what else may happen, folks. Never know what else may happen. But my prediction, again, North Carolina 27, South Carolina 17. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I guess the line is gone nine and a half, ten and a half. So depending on what line you're looking at, the Gamecocks will cover or not. Uh, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. Gamecocks and Tar Heels, 11.30 a.m. ESPN, the Dukes Mayonnaise Bowl. Folks, uh, have a great new year. J.C. Sherbert signing off.